My grandfather was a TV star. It's true. My grandfather was, was the star of an Emmy award-winning TV show that ran from 1950 until 1967. Over 700 episodes. Now, it may be hard for you to believe me because you've never heard that before. And you're wondering, as I say this, is he telling the truth or not? And actually, that was the whole point of the show that he starred in. Panelists would ask questions of contestants, and then they would try to guess their profession, their line of work. The show was called, What's My Line? Some of you have heard of that show before. What's My Line? And I am telling you the truth. My grandfather was one of the stars of the television show that was one of the longest running TV shows of his time. He was the star of one episode. <laughs> my grandfather was a pastor, and the panelists of What's My Line were able to guess his line of work, but at least he did get a nice set of luggage as a consolation prize. <laughs> Have you ever heard something that seems too good to be true? Have you ever heard something that's hard to believe? Our passage today comes from the book of Acts, and it's kind of like that. It's a description of the early church, and it almost sounds too good to be true. And it's hard to believe. I want you to listen again to Acts chapter 2. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. As we listen to Acts chapter 2 and the ending of this chapter and the story of Pentecost and the early church, it almost sounds too good to be true. This passage reminds me of a conversation I had about 10 years ago. The PCUSA church was in the midst of hard conversations about its future. The church was, in some cases, splitting. There were some congregations that even left the denomination. An elder of one of the largest PCUSA churches in our denomination, a church with thousands of members, said that thankfully her church wasn't affected because everyone in their church all agreed and had the same perspective. Hmm, sounds too good to be true. And it was. As it turned out, it was too good to be true. And her assessment was far from reality. And their church had just as much tension and disagreement as any other church. This passage from Acts 2 reads kind of like a clean and happy ending. A clean and happy ending to the Pentecost story. And to Peter's first gospel presentation to the church. 
Day by day, the passage says, as they spent time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. But the reality is that from here, from this place, there is still so much story to be told. There's still so much story left to be told in the book of Acts and in the church's history. We see that as we read throughout Acts. We'll see that there is plenty of success as is described here. But there's plenty of failure too. There will be, through the book of Acts, plenty of unity. But there will also be tremendous discord. The story of the church isn't as simple and clean as it sounds in today's scripture. So I wonder if it might be more appropriate for the passage to end with these three words. To be continued. Do you remember one of the first times you encountered a to be continued at the end of a TV show or movie? I grew up on 30-minute sitcoms. By the end of each episode, everything was supposed to be neat and tidy. The emotional piano music would begin to play as every conflict of that episode would be resolved and everything would be cleaned up until the same time next week. And I can still remember one of the first times an episode ended with to be continued. What? Wait a minute, it can't end now. We still have some stuff to figure out. We still have some conflict that needs resolution. A few weeks ago, I took my boys to a superhero movie. It was a good movie. It was maybe even a great movie. The action was good. The characters and the plot of this film were strong. But then... In the middle of the conflict, the movie ended. Abruptly and without resolution. My oldest son turned to me in shock. I think it was his first to-be-continued experience. What? Wait a minute. It can't end now. As we walked out of the theater, he turned to me and he said, Worst movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> we all love neat and tidy endings but that's not really how life works the book of Acts and the story of the church doesn't end with Acts chapter 2 things get more complicated as we read on the unity that's described in this passage doesn't last forever this stewardship season, we've been talking a lot about the early church. We talked about how the risen Christ ascends to heaven in Acts chapter 1, and he instructs his disciples to continue his work. While the disciples are standing there looking up to heaven at the ascending Christ, angels appear and they say, what are you waiting around for? Why are you standing there looking up to heaven? We use this passage as a reminder that in God's mission, there is no intermission. 
like those first disciples, we too are entering a new part of our mission. We're entering a new part of our church's story after just celebrating our first quarter century together. But there's no time for us to stand around looking up to heaven. There's no intermission in God's mission. We also spent two weeks on the story of Pentecost from Acts 2. We talked about how the story of the Spirit of God arriving to the disciples and allowing them to speak languages that were new to them, languages of all the nationalities that were gathered in Jerusalem that day, was a reminder that sometimes the church's witness to the world is supposed to be strange, like a new language we've just learned. That we are called to this strange witness to, way, to the ways that God continues to move and act in our world. The next week we also talked about all of those nationalities that were represented that day. Hearing their own language, hearing speech in their own tongues was a reminder that Christ's message welcomes everyone. It's for all characters, we said. All personalities, all perspectives are invited into God's kingdom work. Today, as we continue to think about what it means to enter into Act 2 of our church's story, we are reminded that God's work is unending. It doesn't have tidy conclusions. It doesn't have pretty bows at the end. Our calling to Christ's work to the world is to be continued, even when that work gets messy. In just two more chapters in the book of Acts, Peter will be arrested for preaching and teaching the gospel. Not exactly the happy ending that just was described in Acts 2. It's also not the last time that one of Jesus' disciples will be arrested in the book of Acts. Our passage for today from Acts 2 verses 43 through 47 is a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture of the way a community of faith can look. It's a worthy model for modern churches to consider. All were together, bound together, sharing their possessions together, praying and worshiping and fellowshipping together. But it's also important for us to remember that the work of the church continues on from this chapter. And as it continues, it gets messier and messier. One of my favorite stories of Jesus comes from the Gospel of Luke. Luke is part one of the two-volume work that includes Luke's Gospel and the book of Acts. In this passage from Luke's Gospel, Peter, James, and John, and Jesus head up to a mountain to pray. And while they're there, Moses and Elijah appear to them. It's remarkable. It's an unbelievable story. It's an awesome experience. It seems almost too good to be true. In fact, in this passage, Peter himself says, it's good for us to be here. And so Peter suggests, let's put up tents and let's just stay on this mountain. Let's just stay in this too good to be true moment. But that mountaintop experience doesn't last Jesus leads them back down the mountain and they are immediately met with what I call messy ministry. 
They're immediately met by a demon-possessed boy who is convulsing and seizing in need of Jesus' touch. I love the juxtaposition of these two stories. The neat and clean is immediately broken up by a hard reality check and by messy ministry. In fact, these two stories appear back to back in the same order, not only in the Gospel of Luke, but in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark as well. I take that as an important reminder that we're not to stay in that mountaintop experience, that we walk back down the mountain and enter into messy ministry. I love this service today. This is our seventh year holding what we call thanks hyphen giving service. This is our seventh Sunday celebrating this service on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. This service is a chance for us to stop and to give thanks. It's an opportunity for us to say thank you to God and to all of you for all that has happened this past year. Supporting the carpenter's table through increased client need. A full to overflowing children's center. New members, baptisms, compromands, paying off the church debt in full, celebrating a quarter century of ministry together. In some ways, this service is a neat and tidy ending to another year of ministry. But we call it our thanks-giving Sunday on purpose. Because we also remember today that the work of God continues. There is more giving to be done. There is more serving to be done. There is more ministry ahead of us. This Sunday is an opportunity to commit ourselves as individuals and as a family of faith to the messy ministry that God has for us. Because there is no doubt our calling to serve our community is to be continued. And in a few minutes we'll have the chance to do just that. We'll present our stewardship cards as an act of worship, as a response to God's blessings and commitment to follow God's leading on our lives. Not long after the show, What's My Line became popular. Another similar game show started airing, To Tell the Truth. Tiger River Presbyterian Church, I want to tell you the truth this morning. As we enter Act 2 of our ministry together, our mission and our ministry will sometimes be clean and tidy. And at other times, it's going to get complicated and it will be messy. But the truth of God's calling on us is that no matter what it requires of us, whether clean or chaotic, we're called to do our part to make sure that God's ministry in this place and our community is to be continued. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you that you continue to call us into ministry with you. We don't have to worry about neat and tidy endings. We don't have to worry about tying up our work and mission into a pretty bow. Instead, we can join you in both unity and disorder. We can be a part of your work when that work is straightforward and when it is a web of complications that we don't know how to get through. 
God, all that you ask of us is that we try. All you want from us is the commitment to be in the mess, to join you in the joyful, difficult, and lifelong work of loving this, your world, with your unconventional, unconditional love. These things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our living Lord, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.